This program is brought to you by SoundsTrue.com. For those seeking genuine transformation, SoundsTrue.com is your trusted partner on the spiritual journey, offering diverse, in-depth, and life-changing wisdom. Many voices, one journey. SoundsTrue.com. You're listening to Insights at the Edge. This week, I speak with Linda Howe, founder and creator of the Center for Akashic Studies and author of the first book ever published on how to read the Akashic Records. Linda discusses her experiences accessing what she calls the Records, a dimension of consciousness that holds the vibrational archive of every soul in its journey. By exploring the records, which she refers to as this point of light that opens within itself, we learn who we are, to what we connect, and how we can enter into a conscious relationship with our own soul. Linda, you've written a new book, and there's also an audio series on how to read the Akashic records. And, you know, right here at the beginning, just from the title, there are a couple obvious questions. To begin with, what are the Akashic Records? That's a great question. <laughs> um, the Akashic I, I bet a question you've been asked before. Uh, right, right, right. <laughs> and, and of course, because the Akashic Record is a dimension of consciousness. That's really what it is. And what's held within the Akashic Record is it's a vibrational archive of every soul and their journey. So that, most simply, that's what it is. Well, you know, it's it's interesting because uh, a topic like this, the Akashic Records, it both brings up for me a ton of intrigue, but also a certain amount of skepticism. So whenever anyone says it's a dimension of consciousness, anything, you know, whatever, UFOs or a dimension sure. of consciousness, the Akashic, I mean, it, how do I know it's it's a real thing? Okay. It, you know, it's, it's really natural to be skeptical um, about anything that we can't see. And, you know, there are, there are so many dimensions, unseen dimensions of consciousness. I think the most simple, and one of my personal favorites is sleep, <laughs> you know, that dimension of consciousness where there, there's so much activity occurring, but we don't see it in the physical. And... The issue of, of whether or not it's real. Do you know, another dimension of consciousness is like memory. And, and we all have memory in, in some ways. And we have our own collection of experiences that we carry within us. And like you have your own memories of your own life. You have your memories, I have my memories. But there's something about the sharing of those memories like if you were to start telling me about, you know, something that happened when you were young, if it's a real memory, in the telling of it, there is, it's like it rings true. There's a sense, it's like it speaks to us. You know, the truth always goes into our hearts. I mean, we always absorb the truth and it registers. And so, even though I wasn't there with you in third grade, you can tell me about what happened from this memory that you have, and I will know just by you speaking it to me if it's true. 
And in the speaking of registered impressions, as we speak about things in the records, we know they're true because human beings always recognize the truth. It's within us to know the truth. So I don't even know if I'm answering your question, Tammy, but... Because it sounds like, you know, there are a few things in your question. One is the issue of skepticism. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and that skepticism is really valuable when we approach these deep internal regions. Do you know, I think we have the skepticism to protect ourselves from being, you know, bamboozled or taken or something. And, yeah. and so you want to use your skepticism. Skepticism is really good. But... But it's also important to know, you know, you can be in a room full of people, and when someone speaks the truth, oh, you know it. You know it like you know your own name. And that's how human beings know the records. Well, maybe you could tell me how you first encountered what you're calling the records, the Akashic records, Mm -hmm. and how the uh, veracity, the truthfulness of the records was revealed to you. Do you know... um, when I was in my 20s, I was on the great search, <laughs> along with, you know, many people. But, you know, I was on the great search. And what I was looking for, I was looking for two things, Tammy. I was looking for wisdom. I wanted wisdom. And I wanted power. I, I wanted energy. I wanted access, really, to the vital life force. And I wanted the two together. That's what I was looking for. Because in my own life, it seemed, you know, I mean, I was a pretty smart person. You know, I went to college, did all all the things we all do. And I seemed to have a lot of knowledge. But, and I even had some self-knowledge. But there there seemed to be some built-in limitations. You know, knowledge was great, but it just didn't seem to go far enough for me. And... Energy and power, I mean, I have, you know, as a person, I have a lot of energy. But, uh, but it doesn't necessarily mean, uh, you know, that it was useful to me, that it could help me, like, get up off the couch and move in the direction of, like, achieving my life dreams. So, so in my journey, I was looking, and I went to lots of, I went to readers, I went to classes, I did a lot of self-help workshops, I did all kinds of things, and they were all fabulous. And at one point, a friend of mine said, oh, you know, you want to have a reading with this woman who works in the Akashic Record, and she will let you know your life's purpose. And so this, this was it. You know, I was on. Um, so I called the woman for this reading, and what was very interesting was she had a, she had a really strong Texas accent. And I, I really didn't understand her very well. <laughs> All, but what I did understand is she told me she was reading my Akashic record. And what happened in that hour of my life was I had an overwhelming sense that she got me. She knew me. She accepted me. And in that, it was, it was amazing. It was an amazing experience for me. Because she was giving me information that seemed really secondary. Do you know, I, I, I'm not even quite sure what she told me. 
I think she told me I should be like on TV or something. I thought, well, that's not going to happen. But that was all right because that was really secondary. What was primary was this very strong sense that she knew who I was and, and like who I am in my life, who I am within the bigger picture. And I, I have to tell you, it, it went in so deep and it, it rocked my world. And I thought, whatever this Akashic Record thing is, I had no idea. Whatever it is, that's what I want. I want to be able to do that. Um, so, uh, so in my own journey, you know, I pursued all kinds of things. In, in my work, I spent, I spent some years doing tarot card readings. That was fabulous. <clears throat> and, and what happened doing tarot card readings was I saw... Um, there was, again, more knowledge, not much power. I went from that, I did work in classic core shamanism. Lots of power, lots of wisdom, but it wasn't really the best fit. Um, and I ended up, I ended up at, I was doing a, a workshop. I was teaching, I was on a panel, and there was a woman on this panel who was teaching me Akashic Records. Again, very interesting experience. She was so esoteric, I had no idea what she was talking about. But there was a quality that she had. And I went and I took her class, and in the class, I again had this very distinct experience of being really known, really known completely. It was very, it's very interesting. There was this sense of being very um, intimate, and yet very, like, open and anything was possible all at the same time. And I just, that was it. I was, I was on my way with this, with this Akashic record. Because it really, in my experience for myself and for other people, the experience is, it's the point where knowledge and power converge. You know, wisdom and energy, knowledge and power, it is that convergence point where those things are, are all available. And, and I've seen in my, own, in my own experience, I was just talking to somebody the other day about this, that, that one of the great things about working in the record, whether I'm in my own records or somebody else's, it reminds me a lot of that. Um, you know how when, like, when you fall in love, when you fall in love, it's like, Oh, wow, I could do anything. Do you know, everything is good, life is good, and I can do anything. Anyway, that's what happens for me in love. But anyway, but, but truly, that sense, and, and that's really how I've experienced empowerment through working in the records. Now, you said that the records are a dimension of consciousness, yes. and now you're talking about working in the records mm -hmm. it's almost it sounds almost like you've entered a room or you how do you know when you're in the records okay there are a few ways to know uh, first of all there is for most people who work in the records and i'm working here with a specific um code you know this pathway prayer process that will access that particular dimension, okay? So in the saying of the prayer, two things happen. The, the reader, okay, gets moved into a very receptive state of consciousness. 
very open, very allowing, very receptive. And at the same time, the records, a particular, we open one set of records at a time. We want to be real clear about what we're doing. We call forth one set of records. And within this very, it's a very specific space. It's a very protected and reverent space. Within that space, that's what we call being in the records. Now, some people experience like um, physical sensations, like warmth. Warmth, maybe in the heart or warmth in the head. Uh, some people, you know, so for some people there's warmth. Some people, um, there's an atmosphere or a climate, which is, in my experience and what I've seen with others, it's a climate or an atmosphere of peace and safety and great compassion and understanding. I think one of the uh, often... One of the ways we know we've been in the records, and I know this from my own experience, I'll be in the records and, you know, I'll be asking about things and maybe I'll be doing some journaling, and I'll think, oh, what, what's the big deal? You know, what is this? But after I close the records, I close the records, I come back to an ordinary state of consciousness, very regular state of consciousness. It then occurs to me that, oh, yes, that, that really was different than this. This is, it's, it's perceptual. It's a perceptual shift. And it can be very subtle. Um, in the records, we're not, what we're doing is we're, you know, it's in the family of conscious channeling. And what we're channeling is we're channeling energy and information. We are not channeling entities. Okay, so there's no personalities coming through and using our vehicle. We're channeling, so, and what I mean by the channeling is that the energy flows through us. The wisdom flows through us. So another way we know we're in the records is we bring our questions into the records. So I might have a question about, you know, how to be a better parent. You know, I have a, I have a teenage son, so this is the question on my mind, you know, six out of seven days. How can I be a better mother, right? How can I parent this boy? And, you know, in my ordinary state, you know, I've got stacks of parenting books. I'm, I'm all over it. I've got all kinds of good, good ideas, very good. And they're good ideas. You know, they're great ideas. But when I go into the record and I ask, how can I parent this boy? What is the best way? It, it's really, it's, it's very different. I often get, calm down. Trust that he is, he is loved. He's a child of the universe. And you don't have to worry about him. Know that he has his own path. I mean, I've gotten a lot. Things like know that the same force that is with you, Linda, is with him. Do you know, so it's very... Now, this doesn't invalidate any of the great parenting books I have. <laughs> Up. But but that that advice seems pretty general. I mean that does. I mean, do you get advice that's specific to the soul of your son and his? Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 And I get specific specific to uh, to our relationship, to specific to our roles. Okay. Uh, specific to and that um, like in. In, in this particular situation, you know, I have a non-traditional family, okay? And 
And so what that means is that my partner is a woman and my son is adopted and African-American. And so when I have gone into the records asking about whatever, with, about raising this child, I get information not only about this lifetime, but about the many lifetimes that we've known each other and what we are doing as a group and how in this lifetime we are all, we are working with finding love in, you know, really making peace within ourselves with regard to many stereotypes with that, you know, the experience of being like outsiders or something like that. And so, yes, there are, there is the level of general information and general guidance, and then the more specific, and that, and that is, you know, that's, um, you know, about particular situations, and that, that's all in there. Now, now you mentioned uh, the pathway prayer process, and that you're working with that specific pathway, the mm-hmm. pathway prayer, mm-hmm. that specific entryway mm-hmm. into into the records. So it, it sounds, first of all, like there's maybe lots of different ways that people enter the records, but that's the way that works for you and the way that you teach? Yes. And so tell us what the pathway prayer process is. Okay. So first I want to say there are many ways to access the records. And people are naturally attracted to a way that will work for them. Okay. And that's, it's really pretty simple. Um, the the way this prayer works, this so it's within the sacred prayer tradition because there are people who get into the records through hypnosis, um, through through many years of meditation and fasting and prayer. But there is a sacred prayer tradition, and in that tradition, there is it's like the the um, the vibration of the words of the prayer, the way the prayer is put together, the structure of the prayer, the vibration of the words, it's almost like it has, um, it like lays a track. Um, it, it lays a track in consciousness. It's like an energy track or a pathway from an ordinary state of consciousness to a non-ordinary state of consciousness. And the more the prayer is Spoken. It, you know, we know energy moves on the spoken word, but within the record, it's really strong. I mean, the way we move energy in the record is as we speak it. As we speak the truth, energy moves in the record. And if we're not speaking the truth, nothing moves. Okay. In the saying of the prayer, it's as if uh, the words themselves and the repetition of the words build a bridge of light. It's almost like weaving, Okay weaving this bridge that allows a person to move into, to shift into, to maybe like slide into a different part that is both within themselves and beyond themselves. Because the record is truly within us. You know, it's within our DNA. It's within us and it's beyond us. It's both. And the prayer... Um, provides for the human vehicle to kind of move into that place. And so like this, it's almost like a, um, so there's this track or a pathway. And on this path, energy moves through and information moves through. Does that make sense? Am I making sense? You, You are making sense. I'm wondering, are you able in the course of an interview like this to just to tell us what the pathway prayer is? All right. Do you know, I mean, I certainly could, but do you know, 
what? I, can I tell you, Tammy, I have a little problem with this. On one hand, I want to say, yes, here, take it, because I really believe anybody who wants it should have it. But I also know that there's, a, I don't know, there's a responsibility that comes with this, which is why, which is why the book, which is why the CDs. Because in these tools, two different ways of learning, two different ways of transmission, through these, the supporting information that an individual needs are contained within there, kind of like the rules of the road. Okay. So, I don't know, do I hand you the keys to my car? If I, I don't know, if you haven't read Rules of the Road, I have, I have real mixed feelings about well, that. Well, let's not do it then. It was just a okay. question. Okay, it's a great but question. It's okay. <laughs> I'm I, like, whoa. <laughs> and you know what's interesting is that I do believe, here's what, it, it's really becoming so much. I mean, we've just taken a big leap, you know, from, from no one knowing what the records are, no one working in the records except for a few mystics out on, on a mountaintop, to now really anybody who wants to, can access them, but we're in this learning, we're in a training stage. 25 years from now, 50 years from now, people will access the records consciously and deliberately as, as a matter of just that moment of choice, a moment of volition. We're just not there yet. What, what gives you confidence that that's going to be true in decades? In <laughs> I got it in my records. <laughs> um, do you know what? It's the time we're in. We are in, we're in the most wonderful time. I mean, this is a period of a spiritual revolution, the likes of which we haven't seen. You know, we only see these every few hundred, few hundred years or even more, I think. But, but this is a time when we are, moving, we are moving into the time when individuals are waking up to knowing who they are as divine beings, but also knowing that they have the right that it is it is the the right of being human to have direct ac- access to your own spiritual authority to have conscious relationships with our soul this is the time we're in i mean this is the real like the real buzz of what's happening is and that's where we're headed so yeah i mean your work is the first work i've ever seen that has publicly and widely, and, and just said, anybody can learn to read the Akashic Records. Here you go. It's the first how-to book. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it brings up the question, of course, can really anybody listen to an audio series or read a book and be able to read the Akashic Records? I mean, is this a skill that's that achievable by anybody who wants to learn? Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you know what, Tammy? It's within each of us. First, let's start with the, you know, everybody has a soul. Let's start there. But, but I'm very serious about this. Do you know what? Every one of us has a soul. Every human being has within them the potential to know themselves at the soul level consciously. This is not the, this is not just for a select few. It's, it's not just for a group of spiritual elders. This is for everybody. And anyone who wants to can learn to do this. Now, I, I want to be clear about something. There, but everybody, you know, you don't start with 20 years of practice. 
you know what I'm saying? I mean, the way to get practice. You know, practice will take you deeper. But I know that with these tools, people can get in the front door. They can get into the building. They can come inside where the light is on. And from there, they will be led. I have no doubt. It's built within us. It's part of who we are. You mentioned that there are rules of the road, but I'm curious if there are certain prerequisites, if you will, to being able to read the records. Do you have to have a certain purity of heart or sincerity? or Can, can anybody just learn how to do the pathway prayer and you're in? All right, all right, all right. This is okay. So <laughs> that's great, that's great. Now, on one hand, the records will meet you where you're at. So there are many people who've been on the path and are really very sophisticated spiritually. I know that, you know that. I mean, there are people who are really so well-developed. The records will meet them where they're at. There are also people who are just becoming aware of the spiritual dimension of life, and they're just stepping onto their path. And you know, the records will meet them wherever they are. Okay, so you don't have, there's no, there's no studying, and there's none of that. I mean, it's wherever you are, the records will meet you. But yes, there is, what is required is a sincerity. It, it's, yes, it's, it's a sincere desire to know yourself and to know the truth more. The records themselves, there's a natural protection within the record. The record will not be corrupted. Okay, so that even if somebody eh, a little has a little malice going on, a little ill will, you know, if they try to use the records, they won't be able to. They just won't be able to. They may say they're in the records. But see, one of the ways we know we've been in the records is we know by the kinds of results we're producing. We know by the quality of the communication and the messages and the energy. And And so... So when there is ill will or the desire to manipulate or control or, you know, do any of that kind of stuff, the records, the records aren't going to participate. They just don't play. So. so in the records, all the information about my supposed past lives are held, mm-hmm. but also all the information about my future lives as well? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Now, oh, and this brings up two things. Do you know when we move from when we move into this non-ordinary state of consciousness, time collapses. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's all you know. There's only now. I mean, but in the records, there's really only now. I mean, you really can feel it much more strongly than than in, in the physical plane. Okay, so that's one uh, that's one piece of that. But the other thing that's important is that this is not. First of all, it's not a parlor game. It's not a fish pond. Okay, so it's not like we go to the records and say, tell me my past lives, tell me my future lives. I mean, you could certainly do that, but I don't think you'll get anything. See, these other expressions of our soul identity, whether they're in the past or in the future, are revealed to us as they support us in our growth now, in the present. So if there is something beneficial some way I can be helped, healed, you know, expanded, um, that, that is from a future or a past 
incarnation, that will be brought to me. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Well, it sounds like you're describing it more in terms of what might be needed in the current situation than just all the possible information I could have about the past and future. Well, that's how it's revealed. So it's like this. You know, if you go to a department store, the place is filled with a million different things and and a, a number of different departments. And if you go and stand there, but, you know, if you need shoes, you need shoes. You go to the shoe department, <laughs> you know. If, if, the fact that there's a lawnmower in the building doesn't really make much difference. I mean, it's nice to know there's a lawnmower for when you need it. But if what you need is shoes, that's, you know, you'll be in the shoe department. And you may think you need shoes, but what you really need is a coat, and someone will bring you a coat. Now, this seems paradoxical where you're talking about everything in the records being of the now, and yet there is information about all of our past and future lives. How, how do you understand that when you're in the, in the records themselves? I'm in the now, but yet I'm seeing all of this information about my own or someone else's past lives or future lives. So, all right. So the point, the point where we are now, like even in this very moment, this point in this moment, every expression of my soul, every understanding, every perception, every experience that I have had in the past or will have in the future. Everything from every corner of the universe is at this moment directed toward me in this moment. And if there is anything interfering with my ability to experience the present fully, that can be cleared, it can be brought to mind, it can be brought, you know, it can get like kicked up or brought up by having the records open and looking. So what is interfering with my ability to experience this present moment fully and completely? Okay. So, I, I don't know, does that answer your question, Tammy? See, now in the moment is being supported by, by all other nows, right? Because <laughs> it's, anyway... If somebody, let's say, doesn't really connect with the idea of reincarnation and past lives, how would they make sense of the records? Is there any other way to make sense of it? God, that's a great question. Do you know, actually, there is. For people who understand and are related to an understanding that there is a spirit of, a spirit of God a spirit of the universe, you know, great mystery, whatever you call it. But there is a, a spirit to it, okay? So it's, it's, you know, not personality attached. But this spirit is an all-loving, all-knowing presence. That is an angle, I would call it, on the Akashic Record. Does that, does that, do you know what I'm saying? That there is, see, we don't even have to go into, we don't even have to go into past lives, future lives. That is really, that's all, I mean, that's, God knows, that's fun and I love it and it's helpful. But see, what's really important in the record is that experience of, of the infinite moment, that in this moment, 
being wholly and completely known and loved and enjoyed and appreciated and and at peace, access to that dimension of that eternal peace. Do you know, some people are very interested in other lifetimes and other people aren't. And that's okay. See, because as a tool of consciousness development, what seems to be true is that when we are in the state of compassion, infinite compassion, non-judgment, when we're in that state, it's easier to let some of the shadowy parts of ourselves come up and to release them. In the space of love, everything becomes possible. All personal healing and transformation become, you know, that's where it happens. Transformation can happen anywhere. It's going to happen in the space of love. But it's, and it's love and light. And, you know, it's not smarmy. You know, it's not like smarmy love. It's like, wow, power love, clear and strong and respectful. I mean, at the very least, people work in the records just because there's a strong sense of, of dignity there and being dignified. And I know some people will, like, take the records. I mean, I've certainly done this. Open my records and read whatever kind of, um, you know, read poetry, read Emerson, read scriptures, whatever their sacred scriptures are. It's a very, um, very enriching, deep experience to do that. Well, it's interesting, as you're talking, uh, it's sounding to me like there are different aspects to being in the records. I mean, the first, as you were describing it, sounded more like being in some kind of huge library of Congress or something like that, where I would get all kinds of information, like actual information that I wanted to know. But now it's sounding more like a, a feeling zone that you can be in where healing is available and things like that. So I'm, I'm getting a little confused. Well, actually, both are true. Okay. Okay, so, all right, there is an atmosphere or a climate to the record, and it is that zone of, you know, infinite peace. Okay, it's that place. From within that place, these other pieces are available as needed. Okay, because it's the Akashic record is the vibrational record of everything, every soul. And so everything is in there, but we don't need everything right now. And we don't need, you know, different personalities, different people have different needs in their journey. Do you know what else? I wonder if this will help. Um, Do you know, when when we look at what, you know, what really, uh, what's the record composed of? What we see is there are two distinct parts, distinct and related. Okay, so the first is that there is the essence. It's like the soul-level essence of who you are. Okay, so that's in there. And it's it's almost like a vial. I mean, that's a, you know, this a, a, a point. It's a point of consciousness that is the soul-level essence, the pattern of, of who you are as a soul, as a being throughout time, okay? And then, and that is, that's static. It's, it's static is probably not the word. That's fixed. That's set. And then there's another dimension to the record, which is much more, like, active. And that is, like, the catalog of life experiences that you have 
as you become aware of who you really are. So there are, you know, so they're definitely, I mean, they're related, totally. They're related, and they're, they're like different aspects of the same of the same thing. So we have the fixed part and the active, the evolving, the growing part. And both are held within the records. Because sometimes people say, well, you know, the records, it's in stone, it's in the record. Well, yes, there is a part of the record that's in stone. But there's also part of the record that is is responsive as, as we grow and change throughout lifetimes. Now, you said that it's a, a vibrational record of every soul. Mm-hmm. Does that include animals, <laughs> cities, nations, planets, yes. video cameras? No. Video cameras. I would draw the line of video cameras, but if, if we were to take the... <laughs> but, you know, everything's alive, so sure. <laughs> um, oh, that's funny. All right. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So, yes, planets have, there's a, you know, there's an Akashic record. There is a record of, of the planet. There is a record of the solar system. There are records, you know, every star has a record. It's not the same as reading a person. Animals definitely have records. I mean, you know, <laughs> you know, you have a pet. You know there's, there's somebody in there. Um, Yes, you can open the records of animals. You can open the records of places. Absolutely, absolutely, because you know, you know from being in different places, you know, you know, the energy of Chicago is different than the energy of Santa Fe. I mean, it's different. There are different purposes, different intentions. And, and opening the records of a place will give some insight into, you know, what, what's really the purpose here? What's the original intent um, so that's really a lot of fun, I think. A lot of fun to do that. Um, and, and really very supportive. Very supportive. You can open, people can open the records of like their house. But one of the things that's important is that we do not open. There's a sanctity here. There's, there's a respect. I mean, we don't go around opening records without the owner's permission. So, so I'm not going to open your records unless you ask. I don't open anyone's records unless they ask. So we don't open anyone's records without their permission. We don't open the records of their house without their permission. Well, I mean, it's interesting that you gave the example of a house, and, you know, I mentioned a video camera just because there's one in the, in the room mm-hmm. where I'm sitting, so I'm staring at a big camera. So I thought to okay. say that. But, you know, it's one thing to think of the soul of an animal, which, you know, is easy to follow. Mm-hmm. But then it's another thing mm-hmm. to think I'm going to read the records on a house what what mm-hmm. what do you mean the soul of a house yes how does a house have a soul well it's the it's the it's the soul level all right i mean what is meant by a soul yeah okay what is meant by the soul at the level of a dwelling or something like that right what is meant by that there is a soul okay first of all even though the molecules and the cells of that house are moving very slowly. This is slow. This is slow like rocket slow, like wood is slow. Okay? Very slow. We know there is a quality of aliveness to that house. Even though it's not moving vibrationally as fast as a bird or a human. So there's a quality of aliveness present in every element of that house. And that house is the convergence of all the materials, the place, the ground where it sits, 
all the people who have helped to build this house. That is a zone. It is a physical manifestation of some kind of, I mean, we kind of think of it as like maybe a soul-level contract or agreement that everyone has come together, consciously or unconsciously, doesn't matter if they know it, to erect a structure that holds possibilities. Okay? And so, you know, you walk into some houses, they feel great. You walk into other houses, they feel terrible. Uh, sometimes it's funny because you'll see, you know, your friend will love one house and you'll be like, oh, my God, I didn't even like that place. Because everything is vibrating. Some people, this is another part, there are some people who are very connected to different elements and different parts of nature. So there are some people who are wonderful with animals. They get great, great guidance and insight on animals, but they don't get, somebody else might not get much at all. See, a lot of this is who who are we and to, you know, to what uh, do we connect? What is most real for us? I had a student once who had this affinity for crows. Okay? Through her work in the records, she developed a crow sanctuary. I have to tell you something, Tammy. It would never, first of all, it would not occur to me to open up the Akashic record of crows. And it turned out to be a beautiful resource for her in her service to the planet and to that to that animal group. But I don't but not everybody is going to open up the record, the Akashic record of Crow and get anything. Mm-hmm. Do you see I mean there there are different we're all here to do different work. And I think one of the great things about working in the record is you can see, you can follow the energy, you follow the light. I mean, it's really what we say, you follow it. Um, and, and it will take you to where you can be most useful. What do you mean by that, follow the light? What do follow you mean? the light, okay. When we work in the record, there is a sense of light or aliveness, okay? And it is that quality, it's almost like it has a pulse. It's like it's strong. And when you start to follow that, to pay attention to it, to, to really kind of listen in, to tune in, to follow the guidance, as you start to follow that, it gets stronger. Okay? If something is, I want to say, um, not right, you know, not right for an individual, there won't be a lot of energy on it. You know, it's, it's not like tapping into a, <laughs> a healthy vein. It's not. It's like, you know, uh, you might get a little, or there's a tremendous amount of effort and struggle involved. That would indicate that uh, it's not the right path. I mean, we want to we follow the energy in the direction it's going. And then more comes. So what do you think is the best metaphor for the Akashic Records? Meaning, you know, you can think of it like this, as I said, the Library of Congress or, you know, a huge computer hard drive with infinite storage space, you know, yet we're talking about it more like 
you know, a, a room with endless rooms that you can enter, sort of a physical... What, what, what metaphor works the best for you? Hmm. You know, I don't know. I, on one hand, I want to say, like, a point of light within a great sphere of light. I think that might be the best. That, that opens both within, you know, that, that opens up within itself, almost like, you know, an atom does, how they open up within themselves. And, and what's revealed are, you know, as, as you recognize one dimension, another one can open. And it's both internal and external. Now, in your, in your book, How to Read the Akashic Records, you uh-huh. mention that there are lords of the records. Mm-hmm. That th- these are sort of uh, beings in this mm-hmm. dimension. Mm-hmm. I guess you'd call them beings who are kind of guard keepers of the records. Mm-hmm. C- mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little sure, bit sure, about? Sure, it? Sure, sure, yeah, sure. what are they like? Okay, so there's this group called the Lords of the Akashic Records, and their job is to protect the sanctity of the record itself, so that the record doesn't get corrupted. Do you see? The lords of the records do not reveal themselves like, like we don't see, you know, they don't have like names and they don't like visit with us. They're not like spirit guides. We're not talking about that. We're talking about a body of, of consciousness, a group of beings whose purpose is to maintain the essential nature of the record and also who determine who gets in. What infor- you know, who gets in, who doesn't, what information comes through, what energy gets transmitted. So they, they like, govern, they're, they're like operational team. You know, they, they govern the operation of the, of the record. But also keeping the record from intrusion or corruption, basically, from being used for ill purposes. Uh-huh. So, how, how could someone corrupt the records? Well, they can't. Right. In truth. I mean, they might, they might try. I mean, you know, people try all kinds of things. You might try, but you just can't do it. And sometimes people will say <laughs> that they can, but um, I, I, pr- I don't believe them. I, 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 you know, what I've seen is that the record itself is, is in its nature, it is not to be, it's indestructible. Now here, you've written, Linda, the very first book on how to read the Akashic Records. Mm-hmm. When did you know in your own life that this would be what was called for? Do you know, um, when I was in my 20s and I was on the search, along the way what I recognized is that there were so many wonderful ways of knowing truth, of knowing light, of knowing divine presence. There were so many available to people. And they, and they were all good. What I also noticed was that we were leaving the time that, that mainstream religions, you know, I'm in the Midwest, <laughs> mainstream religions, really with all the good they have to offer, were not we're not giving me or my friends or the people that I know much of what they need. Um, 
I would go to different churches, different religious groups, and always get something good, Tammy. Uh, you know, always. I mean, there's wonderful, wonderful good to be had. But, but I saw, you know, I would go places and I would see, boy, you know, this is great if you are a white American male <laughs> in a certain income bracket. Or this is, you know, I began to see that, wait a minute, there has to be a way for this divine reality to be available to people individually in a way that they can use, in a way that works, that will take people to a conscious relationship with their own soul. I, I just, I, I mean, this, this hit me, I mean, it was in my 20s. And I didn't, you know, I didn't know what the Akashic Records were, and I certainly had no idea how to get there. I, I had no idea. But what, what I knew then and what I continue to know, I mean, it, that there, was, there has to be a way for people to individually, you know, spiritual ideas are not good enough. Spiritual, you know, that the, the, the days of spiritual theory are, have worn thin. There has to be a way to have a direct access for, for people to have direct, conscious, responsible access to their own spiritual authority that stands on its own, that doesn't have to stand within a religion. It doesn't, you know, this doesn't conflict with any, like, religions. Or it, it doesn't. It's, you know, but, but for individuals to be able to do this on their own and to find their way and I know when I had that reading in my 20s with this woman, Terry, in Texas, it blew me away. <laughs> it blew me away because I was like, I wasn't even sure what she was saying, but I knew the experience had touched me in such a profound way. And, you know, I know what's available for me is certainly available for everybody else as well. Thank you, Linda. Well, thank you, Tammy. It's great to talk to you, uh, the author of the very first book on how to read the Akashic Records. Thank you. Great. Thank you very much. This program has been brought to you by SoundsTrue.com. For those seeking genuine transformation, SoundsTrue.com is your trusted partner on the spiritual journey, offering diverse, in-depth, and life-changing wisdom. Please visit us at SoundsTrue.com and experience our award-winning audio programs for yourself. Programs that embrace the world's major spiritual traditions, as well as the arts and humanities, embodied by the leading authors, teachers, and visionary artists of our time. With every title, we strive to preserve the essential living wisdom of the author, artist, or spiritual teacher. Not only will you receive information, but you will receive the essential quality of a wisdom transmission between a teacher and a student. Many voices, one journey. SoundsTrue.com